Welcome to the Canine Nation Podcast. It's Monday, January 12th, 2015. This is episode 101. Hi, I'm Eric Brad. I live with dogs, I work with dogs, and I train dogs. I'm also lucky enough to write about dogs. Each week, I'll present a new essay on a different topic that draws from my own personal experience and my own reading and learning about dogs, behavior, and behavioral science. I hope you enjoy these, and stay tuned at the end of the podcast to find out how you can get more from Canine Nation. This week's podcast is about dogs, not any particular type of dog, or every particular type of dog, depending on how you look at it. It seems that as a society, we have expectations of what we think dogs should be and how they should fit into our lives. We also have preferences on how they should look and how they should behave. Interestingly, that can cause some conflicts. This is my article, One Dog to Fit Them All. Somewhere in North America, there is a dog breeder carefully trying to create Shetland sheepdogs that do not bark a lot. Likewise, there is someone trying to breed Labrador retrievers that don't pull so much on leash. And somewhere, there is a breeder who is breeding border collies that can be as calm and docile as their rough collie cousins. And I think that someone has the idea that it would be great to breed Belgian shepherds that are as easygoing and affectionate as golden retrievers. And that upsets me. I love my Belgian shepherds. In our experience, they are not an easy breed to live with if you don't know what you're getting into. Belgians are intelligent, have a lot of energy, are very creative, and can be very persistent once they decide on something. It's no wonder that the breed has these traits. The Belgian shepherd dog was developed in the late 1800s to be both an assistant to shepherds in moving their flocks, as well as a guardian, staying with the sheep in the pastures to protect them from predators. In addition to being cooperative and eager workers, the Belgians must also be able to run the perimeter of a field for long hours and remain vigilant for predators. They must be willing and able to drive those predators away with force if necessary. Many of those herding traits translate well to more modern-day urban pursuits like law enforcement work or dog sports like agility, protection sports, or competitive obedience. But there are compromises to be made with this kind of dog. A dog that was bred to run for hours guarding sheep requires exercise, and plenty of it. A dog that was bred to protect sheep will be alert, on guard, and wary of anything unusual in their environment that might be a threat and a dog that was bred to be left to make their own decisions regarding the welfare of themselves and the sheep in their care will need some outlet for their intelligence and independent spirit. By contrast, the golden retriever was bred to be outgoing, obedient, and friendly to everyone they meet. Given the lifestyle of many pet dog homes, it isn't surprising that golden retrievers are one of the most popular breeds in North America. The good-natured golden gets along with most people, is an eager companion who loves affection, 
requires only moderate exercise and is incredibly adaptable to a wide variety of living situations. They are a highly marketable dog, but they look very different from Belgian Shepherd dogs. So why would someone want a dog that looked like a Belgian and acted like a Golden Retriever? I can answer that in one word. Looks. Belgians are a visually stunning breed. They are reminiscent of their ancestors, the wolves, and carry a beautiful soft coat, except for the wire-haired Lacanois variety. We have been approached hundreds of times by well-meaning dog lovers who walk towards our dogs with their arms outstretched to give our Belgians a big fuss or a hug. The exact opposite of what you should do when approaching a Belgian Shepherd. Remember that alert protection dog I described earlier? But many people don't think that way in North America in the 21st century. There seems to be an idea that there should be a standard personality for dogs. They should just love people, all people, any people. And children, they should be gentle and tolerant of children of any age, regardless of what the child may be doing. They need to settle down when we tell them. They should adapt easily to whatever our lifestyle has to offer, whether it's relatively inactive and homebound or athletic and full of the great outdoors. By and large, people seem to want to choose a dog based on the shape, size, and color they prefer, but still get that ideal dog that has all of those desirable traits, but none of the yucky, difficult ones. Like many things in our modern society, I think we can chalk some of this kind of thinking up to marketing and commerce. As difficult to admit as it may be, dogs are often treated as a commodity in our modern world. You can run down to the mall and pick up a dog from the local pet shop, or, if that's too much work, you can simply go online and order a new puppy from one of the hundreds of websites that will happily sell you the breed you are looking for, sight unseen. Before going too far down this road, let me acknowledge the many conscientious breeders who diligently work to continue the foundation traits of their chosen breed. There are many breeders of impeccable integrity who work hard to produce excellent representatives of their respective breeds. But it's a simple fact that those breeders are frequently outproduced by individuals less concerned with genetics and more concerned with profit. It can be a constant struggle. One answer to this problem would be regulation. A set of laws could be developed to control how dogs are bred and sold, but this brings with it a host of problems regarding enforcement and fairness. It seems a very difficult proposition all around. Instead of focusing on regulating the supply side of this problem, perhaps an answer lies in changing the demand side. Perhaps the answer is to do a better job of setting the expectations of potential dog owners. There seems to be an expectation that it is not only possible, but desirable, to produce a dog that looks like one breed, but has the personality traits of another. Genetics is an interesting science, and the fact that we have over 400 different recognizable breeds is a testament to our ability to modify the dog in an incredible number of ways. But our ability to produce both the pug and the Great Dane through careful breeding does have its side effects. Russian geneticist and researcher 
Dmitry Balyaev began an experiment in 1959 to try to produce domesticated versions of the silver fox. By selecting the most tame and human-friendly of his foxes for breeding generation after generation, Balyaev ultimately achieved a large measure of success, creating foxes that were more docile and affectionate with humans than the original foxes. To his surprise, however, these foxes also began showing physical changes, such as coat color and ear set, as well as behavioral changes such as barking. It seems that you cannot alter the genetic makeup of an animal to change their personality or temperament without also producing physical changes. If we can learn anything from Balyaev's work, it should be that you cannot just tug on one genetic thread without having some additional effect on the outcome. If we breed for a particular coat or size in a dog, what do we also get in terms of personality changes? Balyaev was a trained scientist, and he could not predict his results with complete accuracy. Why should we expect greater precision of dog fanciers with less scientific training than Balyaev? Despite what we want to believe about them, all dogs are not the same on the inside. Yes, as the same species, different breeds will exhibit certain common traits. Four legs, a heightened sense of smell, some form of prey drive, etc. But different breeds will display different levels of those traits. Some may even exhibit traits that other breeds seem to lack. While they have a lot in common, my dog is not the same as your dog. Genetic differences extend beyond just breed type. Certain breeding lines within a given breed can show more or less amounts of certain traits. There are even unique genetics that come about that can produce dogs that seem to be out of character for that breed. When you add in the effects of environment, history, and training, a particular dog may seem very unlike any dog you have ever met. As I said, I love my Belgian Shepherds. I want their intensity, their energy, their willingness to work, their alert and independent minds. So, I accept that I need to exercise them often, train with them, play with them, and devote significant time to helping them behave appropriately in public. That's what it means to own one of these dogs. Yes, they are beautiful dogs, but I wasn't looking for a black, wolf-like golden retriever. It is my hope that dog lovers consider carefully what they want in a dog before just going out and getting a puppy or rescuing a dog. Expectations can be more damaging to dogs than anything they do themselves. Someone who gets a Belgian expecting a docile housemate is going to be driven crazy pretty quickly. Someone who gets a Yorkshire Terrier expecting to play flyball or to take daily two-hour hikes will likely be pretty disappointed. Regardless of what some breeders may promise, it's better for everyone concerned if we have appropriate expectations of our dogs. Understanding breeds is a big part of that story. It's not just a dog, after all. It's a particular dog, an individual dog. Until next time, have fun with your dogs. Canine Nation is a series of articles and essays that appears at the Life as a Human online magazine. There are over 160 articles in the series, and you can find them all at caninenation.lifeasahuman.com. 
caninenation.com. Be sure to check out our website at caninenation.ca. All of our articles and essays are archived there, as well as all of our podcasts that you can download or listen to directly from the site. There are also three ebooks available from Canine Nation Dogs as They Are, Teaching Dogs Effective Learning, and Relationships Life with Dogs can all be found at dogwise.com. Just search for Eric Brad as the author. You can also find Canine Nation on Facebook. We have our own Canine Nation page, and we also have a discussion group called Canine Nation Forum. Once you've found our group, just submit a join request and one of our admins will be happy to add you to the discussions. Well, that's all for now. Thanks so much for listening, and we hope we'll see you next time. Have fun with your dogs.